What's up, everybody? What's up, Las Vegas? What's up, Raider Nation? This is Steel Talk Sports Raiders on the Rebel Report Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Steele. Happy Monday, last week of October coming at you. We got big autumn winds here in Las Vegas flying around the desert as we enter the midst of the fall months. Beautiful weather, temperatures dropping. The last time we had a Raiders recap show, it was a victory Monday. Not so much today as the Raiders were dominated 45-20 to against Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Make what you want of the game because everyone has something to say about it. Um, a lot of crazy things, a lot of things coming out of left field that I don't agree with I'd like to talk about. Um, and a lot of excuses. 2020 is the year of excuses. If you are a professional franchise of any sport, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, I don't care. You could be a bowler or a swimmer. 2020 is a year of excuses. There's plenty of ways out. Oh, well, the virus affected the way we practice. Yes, it does. Um, the Raiders were victims of that. The Titans were victims of that. And the Patriots were victims of that. Um, there's tons of ways out. Well, due to the virus, we weren't able to have a certain amount of OTAs. We weren't able to have a certain amount of meetings. So on and so forth. I firmly believe the team in 2020 that makes the least amount of excuses and continues to execute on Sundays or Saturdays or whatever sport you're in, and in our case, Raiders football, the team that makes the least of amount of excuses and executes the game plan will find themselves in the playoffs, will find themselves victorious. We find ourselves coming off of a game where we lost 45-20 to to Brady and the Bucks, and there was plenty of adversity swirling around the team. We're dealing with Trent Brown. He takes his tracer or his tracker off his leg. He goes to the Gucci store. Um, he contracts coronavirus from being out and about. There's players hanging out without their masks. Um, Jonathan Abram gets involved. He's unable to play in the game even though he doesn't have COVID. It was his birthday yesterday. He would have loved to play in that game. We could have used him in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I would still like to talk about this defense with or without Jonathan Abram. We're atrocious. We're a bad defense. We're bad. There's no other way to put it other than bluntly, this defense is terrible. We had one good half against the Kansas City Chiefs where we allowed eight points. Uh, we were getting after Patrick Mahomes. We had three sacks. We forced them off the field. It was amazing. We came to play that day. Defensive coordinator Paul Gunther made his adjustments, and I said this in the, in the Raiders-Chiefs recap. I'm going to say it again. Welcome to Las Vegas, Paul. You're still under the hot seat as you were in Oakland. We need better adjustments. We need to put our defensive guys in the right position. Um, and we'll dive into more of that in a couple of minutes. Let's take a look at this game, man. The start of the game was red hot for Derek Carr and the Raiders. Um, we forced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a three and out. And in my preparation of the game that I gave in the preview show, well, the Buccaneers are not the best team that converts on third down. You know, they're ranked 18 in the league on converting on third down, 40%. We're better at converting on third down. So if we can get off the field, we're going to have a chance to win the game. We start the game by forcing Tom Brady to punt the ball, even though he completely overthrew Rob Gronkowski. We caught a break. We come out, opening drive, touchdown. Beautifully done. Nelson Aguilar um, from Derek Carr. Beautiful. Start the game 7-0. Brady, you know, they make their drives. They start to come back. And now it becomes 
a shootout in a way where I had said in the preview show, you need to be ready to embrace the shootout because I did not see Josh Jacobs having a good game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is number one in the NFL. And along with the fact that we're banking off of, hey, we were unable to practice, then we lose our backup right tackle to Trent Brown, Sam Young. He hurts his groin. He's unable to come back into the game. So we're dealing with Brandon Parker, who hasn't been the best option in the past. He comes in. Long story short, the excuses are there. They're going to use them. We're going to hear about it. And we're playing the number one uh, run stop in the league with a team that hasn't been able to practice. They're going to show up and play on game day. And Derek Carr, he said he was impressed by this. Derek Carr said he was impressed by what the offense was able to do in this football game. They played the number two defense overall, the number one against the run. They were able to move the ball down the field, have a lot of opportunities to score points. And he says he's impressed. Productivity-wise, we didn't win the game. He knows that. I agree with Carr to an, ex- to an extent. Yeah, it's impressive. You guys were short of practice. You came out. You played the football game. Okay, great. Still, we had many opportunities to win the football game. In fact, with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter was the last time we were involved. It was 20-24, to 24, and this is where the defense came and, you know, snaked us. We need the defense. The defense practiced this week, right? They didn't have no corona problems, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. The O-line was the focus of the team that, well, they're unable to get out there and do this and do that. Well, the defense outside of Jonathan Abrams had everybody else in practice, everybody else working. Paul Gunther still creating this masterful game plan to stop Tom Brady. Okay. Okay. Well, let's jump back here. Um, Derek Carr looked good in the first half, was able to do things to Nelson Aguilar, getting the ball out quicker, but the problem was getting Josh Jacobs involved. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not going to allow Josh Jacobs to run the football. He had 10 carries for 17 yards, and I'm not John Gruden. I don't have the knowledge to be a coach in the NFL, obviously, I'm just a college student talking into a microphone about the Raiders, but check this out. The screen game could have been extremely valuable for our offense in this football game. It's just another version of a long run because the screen is nine times out of ten going to start behind the line of scrimmage. The wide receiver or the running back is going to need to get behind those blocks and move upfield. We're not able to run the ball with Booker or Jacobs or Richard. They're blitzing so heavily. There's so much pressure. I think Josh Jacobs is good enough to leak out in a screen game and get the ball upfield. We have Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest players in the NFL. Throw him a screen. Throw Aguilar a screen. Throw Renfro a screen. Because in the past, we've seen John Gruden throw a screen on third and 13 that gets five yards and we punt. Think about that. Think about throwing a little flash screen on first down. The Rams do it. Works. Robert Woods from Goff. Cooper Cup from Goff. The Eagles do it when they're healthy. Wentz to Jackson. Boom. Quick play. We should jump on that train. I would have loved to see it yesterday. We didn't do it. And now there's Raider fans. I see there's media. Oh, this game is on Josh Jacobs. Well, come on. Number one run stop defense in the NFL. That's all I have to say about it. He had a bad game, but... The entire offensive line themselves 
despite the mispractice, despite this and that, the covet, they had a tough game too. It's always going to be a challenge when you see Jason Pierre-Paul, Nadama Kinsu, Shaquille Barrett, Devin White, for God's sakes, Devin White. He has a problem with the Raiders for some reason. Now check this out. This is something interesting about Devin White. Devin White had a tweet before the season started when the schedule came out. He had a tweet saying, you should have took me at four. Now, just two drafts ago, the Raiders had the fourth pick in the NFL draft. This is the first Mike Mayock draft. And Devin White was going to be a, a legitimate option for the Raiders to come play middle linebacker. At the time, we had Tier Whitehead calling the plays on defense in the middle. Now we have Quate, um, Big Nick. He does it. But Devin White could have been a valuable option. I don't know if he wanted to be a Raider. I don't know if that was the point of the tweet. He said, you should have took me at four. Obviously, we took Cleveland Farrell. Who did I want fourth, if you're wondering? I wanted to go with Josh Allen, not the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, the defensive end of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who he himself also had 12 sacks. If you match Josh Allen's 12 sacks with Max Crosby's 13 or whatever he had last year, we're over 25 sacks just between those two players alone. And we'll talk about the defensive line pressure in a minute. But Devin White had this vendetta yesterday against the Raiders, and man, did he show out. Devin White had an insane game. So did Steve McClendon. The big veteran was everywhere in our backfield stopping Josh Jacobs. The guy was outstanding. Goldston, same thing. We couldn't get around the front line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you look around and you think about, wow, who really stood out? It was, for me, it was Devin White because he was all over the place. He had eight tackles. Two of them came behind the line. And he's so extremely fast from sideline to sideline. Um, he did give up a catch to Darren Waller, but who doesn't? Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. And then the big play was fourth and short. We're already losing the game. We're down by two two scores. Derek Carr's running for a first down. Devin White comes out of nowhere, cracks him, clean hit, hits him hard out of bounds. And that was the play right there where it's like, wow, we're looking at a defense that buzzes around to the ball. And it was just night and day. The Raiders defense just flat out does not do it. Um, can't say enough good things about what Devin White was able to do to us in that Tampa Bay defense. But look, it's not on Josh Jacobs. It's a team effort. And for Derek saying he's impressed by the offense, okay, to an extent, we needed to do more. We needed to be a tad bit more aggressive. Once again, it's a little bit of inconsistency from our head coach, John Group. And I often contemplate what, like, when do you want to put the pedal to the metal? Is it only when we play Kansas City? Is it only when we're in primetime? He, he had a fake punt. Jeff Heath ran a fake punt on a fourth and one in our own side of the field. We converted awesome. I knew that was coming. There's no way you want to give the ball back to Brady in that position. Now, in the fourth quarter when we settle for the Daniel Carson field goal to make this game 24-20, to 20, um, it's fourth down and one. And John Gruden said in the post-game press conference, it was a long one. Well, in the Kansas City game, we had a few long ones, and we ran a QB sneak with Derek Carr. We played aggressive. I can't help but think if we play aggressive on that fourth down and one in the football game, take our chances, that rallies up your offense a little bit. Because I'm about over saying, hey, let's put trust in the defense. Not yesterday, not against Tom Brady. 
not against Scotty Miller, who comes out of nowhere. Obviously, Scotty Miller is a guy that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like a lot, but you wouldn't expect Scotty Miller to do the things that he did yesterday, which was absolutely torch the Raiders. This guy went off. Scotty Miller burnt Nevin Lawson like it was his job. He just demolished him. Scotty Miller was six catches for 109 yards. He had five first downs and the big touchdown before halftime. I mean, I don't want to put the defense on the field and say, hey, go make a stop, because it's obvious you guys haven't been able to make a stop. Be a little bit more aggressive there. Fourth down and short. Go for it. Get that offense riled up. It's obviously the best part of this team is the way the offense is played. They're extremely good on third down. Um, We've converted our fourth down opportunities when we have gone for it this year. Go ahead and go for it because then the problem happens. We settle for three, 24-20. John Gruden wants to give Paul Gunther and his defense a shot, and this is what happens. It's third down and 12. The Raiders have an opportunity. Let's get off the field. Here we go. And it's just an easy play for Tom Brady, a check down to Leonard Fournette, who's five yards away from him. He takes off. He runs for the first down, about a 14-yard gain. They keep the drive going. That's a shot in the foot. Okay, let's do it again. Third and three. This is what kills me. Tom Brady overthrows Mike Evans, but it's a pass interference on Trayvon Mullen. He grabbed his hip a little bit. Whether Trayvon Mullen interferes with Mike Evans or not, it's a bad ball by Brady. Brady overthrows him. And we get off the field. I don't believe they were in field goal range, but the penalty definitely set them up in field goal range, and they went on to score another touchdown, put the game out of reach, and then the Raiders have the interception. Derek Carr, a batted ball, gets picked off, and now the nail is just being pounded away into the coffin. The game got away from us. Look what Tom Brady did yesterday. He only got hurried twice, and he was hit once by Maurice Hurst in the first quarter. 369 yards, four touchdowns, was never sacked, never turned the ball over. Against the run, they had 85 on the ground with two touchdowns. We just got gashed. We were gashed. We ranked 25th in getting off the field in third down. That needs to be improved. We're one of the worst teams that can do it. Um, We give up the most points in the fourth quarter. We give up 12 a game in the fourth quarter. This defense cannot be trusted. And... I had said it. I'm going to say it again. We needed to embrace the game. It was going to be a shootout. They were going to take our best offensive player away, Josh Jacobs. They took him away. He only had 17 yards. Probably one of Josh Jacobs' worst games of his career so far. It has to be. I mean, every game Josh Jacobs has played in the NFL, he's done damage. Not this game. Not this game. There was no option for him. Couldn't get him going. So you have to embrace that this game is going to be a shootout. They gave their efforts. Derek Carr said he was impressed with the O-line, whatever. But the coaching, the aggressiveness. Let's go in there and let's get into the bar fight. Let's go for it on fourth and one down there in the red zone, fourth quarter. Let's make a statement. Let's do something. Let's give ourselves a shot. Because the defense, the statistics are right there for you. I just said it to you, ladies and gentlemen. Our defense is not good enough to get us off the field, especially against such an elite-level offense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is now starting to find a rhythm. They just signed Antonio Brown. He's going to have a short lease. But still, even without A.B., it's Chris Godwin who's healthy now. He carved us up. It's Scotty Miller who's the little gadget wide receiver that Tom Brady has loved his whole career. That might be his new Chris Hogan or his new Amendola. You know what I mean? 
He's he's had these guys on every team he's played with. Now it's Scotty Miller. You still got Mike Evans who didn't do a lot yesterday. He you know expressed his frustrations, but he still got six or seven touchdowns on the lead, on on the season. And then you have Rob Gronkowski, who on National Tight Ends Day bodied Nevin Lawson. Just absolutely made him look bad in the end zone on that touchdown play. Um, Rob Gronkowski, five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. It was incredible what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do. And here's a point that I would like to make about the defense. Obviously, Jonathan Abrams is unable to play in this game. Obviously, John Abrams helps the defense. But even without Jonathan Abrams, Paul Gunther is calling for Jeff Heath to come up in the box in a run stop or to blitz. Please, please stop putting our safeties up in the box. We are not good enough in the secondary to cover, and we're leaving too many zones wide open for these good court. We haven't played a quarterback yet that's been bad. I mean, be honest. Newton had a decent game even though they ran all over us. We played Mahomes. We played Drew Brees. Every quarterback we've played on the schedule is good enough to pick apart the open gaps in our zone defenses. We do not have good enough depth in the secondary to make these things work without or with Jonathan Abram. That is the point. It's just not good enough. And when we don't have pressure... It really exposes how bad we are in the secondary. It really does. A big free agent signing, Corey Littleton, has been graded one of the worst defensive players on our defense throughout the season. Consistently bad. We've got to fix it. We've got to fix it. And the only way to fix it, I think, keep adding more lighter fluid to the seat that Paul Gunther sits on because it is getting really warm. Are we going to be competitive? We're a 3-3 three and three football team. I know I just made it sound like we're on 6. We're not. We're 3-3. Three and three. We're in a good spot. I really do believe that we're in a good spot. We're a lot better than, than other teams. But, man, we got to improve on defense. And the way to improve on defense is we're going to need Mr. Mayock, our general manager, to make a call towards the trade deadline. We're going to have to get some help in the secondary. If you want to go get help on the defensive front, be my guest. But make sure we're trading for a defensive player. And I'm going to write up an article. And I'm going to have another podcast this week about the Raiders that talks about who's out there, who is a who is a realistic trade um, partner for the Raiders as we head into that Week 8 trade deadline. Because we're going to have to do something to help this defense out. Because the offensive firepower is there. This team's great on third down percentage. They move the ball well up the field. We have legit wide receiving talent, and we're going to get more back. We're going to have Brian Edwards back soon. He was good when he was healthy. We got Renfro, Ruggs. Aguilar's been solid. Um, he's been – if you would have told me that Nelson Aguilar is going to be the bigger free agent pickup than Corey Littleton, I would have said you're nuts because I thought Corey Littleton was going to be the huge factor in making this defense better. I don't know if it's a scheme problem or if it's Corey Littleton problem, but we need to solve it. Because we're 3-3, three and three, we're on the road to play Cleveland, who loves to run the football. They will be without Odell Beckham Jr., but they still have legitimate wide receivers that we have to cover. Trayvon Mullen can't do it all by himself, and I'm not being negative. I'm not being cynical. I'm just calling it how I see it. Trayvon Mullen 
Stop worshiping this guy like he is a top five corner in the NFL because he isn't. He isn't there yet. Is he good? He's average. He does his job. He's got good pass breakups. He's good in coverage. But multiple times yesterday did he get toasted in the open field by Scotty Miller. Yeah, he did. He dropped his interception yesterday. We need improvement. Um, Raiders lose this game 45-20. to 20. Um, We have to get better. That's all there really is to say about it. We're going to Cleveland. I would expect another shootout because they're going to run the ball all over us, or at least they're going to try to. So we're going to need to step up big and make adjustments. We're going to need to make better halftime adjustments, and hopefully we can have practice with our offensive lineman, Trent Brown. Trent Brown needs to play. Is Trent Brown becoming a guy that we would like to trade? Does that ever wander through your mind? Because it does for me a little bit. He could be a valuable trade option if we would like to ship him out. Although, Mike Mayock paid him a ton of money. John Gruden has put a ton of faith in him. Offensive line coach Tom Cable has put a ton of faith in Trent Brown. And it's obvious in the Chiefs game, when he's on the field, he helps. But he's not on the field enough. He's got his responsibilities to wear a mask and not do certain things, whatever. Um, we're human. We all make mistakes. I'd like to point out Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley spotted in a bar without their masks on. Where's the fine? Where's the complaint? Okay. You see my point? We're humans. Whether you're in or out, the coronavirus is still around. It's affecting everybody. It affected baseball. Baseball went through their, their groans of certain teams were not able to play because of this and that. They made up for it. They got back to work. But Mike Florio, the article I read about you, the league in general, going so hard on the Las Vegas Raiders. Relax. We are not the only one. We had two players miss a game due to the coronavirus. The Tennessee Titans had their game completely moved, and they had 21 players and staff dealing with it. They get some praise. Instead, you want to take away our picks. You want to fine us over $350,000. So be it. Embrace the adversity, and let's get better. Let's move on to Cleveland. I'm Brandon Steele. That was the Raiders recap of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game on the Rebel Report. Two episodes coming at you this week. One, what do we need to do at the deadline to get better? And number two, how are we going to beat the Cleveland Browns? Thank you for listening.